0: Welcome to the Live Lauren Podcast and the place of celebrating juicy, soulful, whole. Living, loving, adventuring. Oh, even frustrating and agitating. Like just really like all of it. Just being with all of life, with an openness and a willingness. And they're like, oh my God, I've actually got tickets and I'm here at this concert this unfolding i'm on the train of life right now there's entrances and exits all the time and right now i get to be on this train with all of its experiences so there's three different things i'd really love to touch on today that just were very much alive in my space and the first one i want to touch on is grief as a testament as a testament to actually the beauty of connection because so often it's. I had a recent situation where um, somebody I know, they live in a building, and a um, friend of theirs, has, someone in the building that they're close friends with, has got a cat that's journeyed with her for many years. And Shane's cat hasn't been too well, and it eventually got to the point where the vet suggested, you know, it's really in a lot of pain to bring it in to be put to sleep. So, my mom. Um, it's actually. So. Um, the person in the building actually contacted me, asking, "You know, I don't know what to say to this friend of mine." And I actually shared the quote from Rachel Naomi Remen about sometimes, you know, our attention and a loving silence has got far more ability to heal than the most well-intentioned words. That sometimes it's actually not about saying anything; it's just about being there in presence to hold space for another person when they're when they're in pain or in grief. But also, like to hold space, it's it's very intense in the phase of being with that pain for the person to necessarily to not necess- to be able to see this, but as the person sitting with them to hold the energetic idea of how beautiful that grief and pain is as testament to the degree of love and connection and affection. Because if there'd been no connection or affection with this creature, the fact that at that time to leave... It would be meaningless. I mean, there's, there's people every, every day, there's people who die, there's animals who die that most of us, we don't have no response to whatsoever because we've got no connection there. There's no relationship, there's no connection, but it actually, that feeling and the depth of the feeling, the intensity and all of it is actually so beautiful because it's, it actually is like a direct reflection and embodiment of the degree of connection. Um, and not to stop feeling it, but to see it differently. And it's just also that phrase, I don't know where it came from. I just remember hearing something like this, that when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So it's still that the pain is intense and it's everything that it is, the grief. But if it's seen through a lens, not a victimhood of I'm being punished or why this happened to me, but it's just that it's, it's a general part and parcel of life it's a natural normal unfolding and it's actually beautiful because it's a sign of how much you were connected and loved this person so to see it through the eyes of beauty and it also what came up for me was just this idea of you like when you have a train like imagine I just remember off oh, my grandma when she was alive, she always wanted, there was a particular train that I think went from like Johannesburg to Cape Town. I don't know if it's still ran. It was called like the blue train or something like that. It was like really expensive to get a ticket, but it was so beautiful and it was like luxurious and there was the best food and the best cabins and this beautiful scenic route. So it didn't matter how long it took to get there because it was just so beautiful to be on this train. So I was thinking like that we are on this train journey of life. <laughs> Whereas imagine that as in, as you're alive, as you're born, you enter, it's like the stop where you get on the train and then you're on this amazing train with all the functionalities and this five-star amazing experience, but it's the amazing experience at everything. You know, just like when people go see Romeo and Juliet and it's a devastating tragedy, but if it's acted well, it's well-performed, people come out like you heaving crying, but you're phoning a friend to tell them, Oh my God, you got to go see this. You got to go see this. But you like been sobbing your eyes out. Because it's for this beauty in all of it. And on this train, which offers all these amazing experiences, which is life. And in our time on the train, we're going to bump into people. And some people we're going to have relationships and connections and amazing experiences with and share some of the journey. And we're going to get closer and closer. We're going to love our time together. And the natural thing is that people have different destinations and they need to get off at different times. So inevitably what's going to happen is people that we're very connected to are going to reach their stop and get out before we've reached our stop. And it's there will be the sadness, which is just natural. But it's also like to be mindful that we're still on the train to allow the time for the grief, but also to still honor the journey. But because it's, yeah, that, that inevitably there are these entrances and exits on this train as we go. So that was the one element that came up for me there was just the power of presence, sometimes not needing to worry about the words and seeing grief through a lens of beauty and the sacred testament of connection. The other theme that came up for me was, I remember hearing Marianne Williamson talk about someone that she'd heard quoted that if something calls to you to be expressed, it's because there's a call from someone who needs to hear it. And I was thinking like also like how you have these tuning forks that when you set off one and you have others nearby, if it's the same like note, the others start resonating even though they're not physically touched, but they start also like vibrating. So it was almost like when there's someone who feels a need for something and they call out, it it sends out almost like this resonance of that. And then when there's a call to express it, because Sometimes there's a tendency to think like, why should I? There's so many other people in the space already doing it. You know, like a friend of mine was talking about ways that he sees the world and life and he's been thinking of writing a book, but then he thinks so many other people have written books on, you know, how to live meaningfully. But the thing is, he has a particular tone and voice and style that nobody else has. And there are people who would relate so specifically to him. So the fact that he's feeling called to express it, it shouldn't be thinking about, Anything else, just honor that. That's life manifesting in the moment. Um, And it came up today. I just had such a beautiful affirmation because there were two things. I I don't know if I shared this the other day. And if I did, then it just needs to be shared again. Where Tim Ferriss, who did the four-hour work week and a lot of other stuff since, I remember reading back and hearing how in one of the early days he did a talk and a guy came up to him to ask for a signature in the book and said, please can I get your signatures for my brother? And Tim asked, "Well, you know, what should I write? Can I mention something specific?" And the guy didn't really answer. And it was a bit awkward and weird. And then Tim just did the autograph. And the guy hung around. And something like two or so hours later, when everyone had cleared out of the event, he comes back and says to him that actually, you know, I said this was for my brother. Um, my brother actually committed suicide. But you were really amazing. He was a few. He was a fan of yours, like a big fan, and. You know, would you ever consider talking about mental health and depression and suicide? Um, because it's like here with this brother, he's saying, I'm going to take this and put it in his room. Because he looked up so much to, to to Tim. If Tim had spoken of that subject, possibly he could have gotten through to him in a way because of that connection. Because all of us have a unique voice. And at that time, little did this guy know coming up to him that Tim himself had been battling with Uh, friends suicides through family and friends through educational um, institutions and people that he was at school with and even himself with suicidal thoughts and and becoming very very close himself and he was actually the perfect person to talk about it but had a lot of shame and stuff associated and here was life asking him and then so when those little nudges and whispers come Not from an ego place There's a differentiation as we live When you know when these whispers come through So then also every second Twice a month there's a place I go Where there's a beautiful sort of sacred community With a mix of some sharing Relating to the sort of Torah Old Testament reading for the week And there's some meditation and, and chanting And the chanting sometimes it's singing verses From like Psalms or certain things and, Or sometimes it can also be just a tune if it comes to mind to be sung or given voice to. So it wasn't something that I planned beforehand. And also I'm not somebody that naturally thinks I have, I'm, I'm not that comfortable, you know, just like sharing my voice. I, I feel like I enjoy singing quite like on my own, but like, yeah, I don't think I necessarily hold a tune to the best standards, but as we're all sitting there and my eyes are closed and there's always an invitation in the lull between if something calls to you and I've never before done it. And today my son and I had been at an event two weeks ago, and there was this tune from um, Fiddle on the Roof, which my grand used to love. And in the moments of the lull between, in that event that my son and I went to, that tune was used for um, singing some other, like, Jewish text. And I said to him, oh, wow, it's kind of amazing. They took that tune, and it was really beautiful, and they used it for something else. So I didn't know how to use it for, like, one of the Psalms, but it just came up for me, and I honored that nudge. And didn't think about whether my voice is good enough to hum or sing out loud. I just did. And I did it to the best of my ability. And then some people who were familiar with it, I just did like the first sort of opening lines and cycled through it. And other people joined me without the words, just the tune. And then I hear kind of a little bit of like soft crying from the person next to me. And in the circle sharing afterwards, she shared how... Her mom, who she didn't have the greatest relationship with and was quite a difficult person, when she was a little girl, would sing that song to her. And it was really significant because for her mom to kind of connect to softness and actually sing to her was something really significant. And it was a beautiful memory to come up. And also just reminded her, because for many years it was very difficult with her mom, and her mom in her 80s decided to change, and change in the way that she related to her and her kids. So her grandchildren, her do- the mom's grandchildren, this friend who was sitting next to me, her children could see that even in your 80s someone can change and can improve quality of relationship. And there was again this testament to... When something calls to be expressed, obviously that memory of her mom and that positive, that kind of reaffirming warm light was calling to be felt. And how interconnected we are that just by not tuning in, just giving way to any like stupid ego thoughts that would have hindered me from doing it, just honoring that nudge in the moment was significant to somebody else. Oh, so, and the last thing, I know I'm already on 11 minutes, is just a short one on again, turning frustration and irritation into gratitude and appreciation. So we're sitting outside and it's hot in Israel, there are lots of flies. And at one point then the lady who's hosting says, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the heat and the flies are disturbing to everybody, so we're gonna move inside. This is this air conditioned and so there are no flies and it's cooler. And I was thinking as I was sitting there with these flies, with this theme, because currently we're doing chapter 11 of Untethered Soul, which is that pain is the ticket to freedom, the price, the price to freedom, and just the idea that everything, so pain can be broadened to uncomfort. You've got varying degrees. So if something, if you minimize like pain, you know, it's uncomfortable, something's uncomfortable, and as it increases the level of uncomfort, it can reach, start to reach points of pain, and originally it's just not nice. And the more not nice it becomes. So the flies are on that spectrum, maybe a lot lower down. But the theme was that it comes down to the simple choice in this chapter that if there's an unwillingness to feel discomfort, pain, I don't want it. Then there's all this resistance to, say, for us feeling rejected, to then doing everything possible to never feel rejected. Which actually then ironically makes rejection the center point of life. So instead of this, like avoidance becomes the gateway to it constantly being a presence in your life. Whereas if there's a willingness to just be like, you know what, rejection, it's just like anything else, just like a phone or, a, you know, like a pleasant smell, an unpleasant smell, a sweet taste, a salty, bitter, astringent taste. It's just a thing. It's an emotional experience and it's not pleasant, yes, but if I'm willing to feel it, it'll go. So I'm willing to be with uncomfort because I don't want it like obsessing. I don't want it like that I've got to carry it with me my whole life. And the time that it may happen can be so small. So let me just feel it, let it come through and goodbye. And here with these flies was the same thing where like initially I was irritated by them. And then I thought, what if I can just be with this? And then thinking again, why am I irritated? I'm irritated because I can hear them. And I'm irritated because they like crawl on me and God knows where they've crawled before and I can feel them on me. And then I was thinking, wow, I can hear them. So actually I can hear. <laughs> so would I rather like not be able to hear? And then, yes, I don't hear the flies, but I'm not hearing anything else either. Or I can be like, oh my God, I'm I can, I'm irritated to hear the flies. I can hear. I can hear the flies. Wow. See it differently. Everything, when we, things we look at change, when we see it change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So now the irritating sound of the fly becomes a blessing and a reminder to the gift of hearing that I've gifted the capacity for. And then I'm thinking, okay, so they're crawling all over my skin and I'm, it's this irritating crawling. God knows what they've sat on before me. And I'm like, oh my God, I can feel and sense them on my skin. Wow. You know, people who are paralyzed or people who have some sort of, something's not working right with their neural system. I heard about a guy that, from a friend who he didn't, wasn't able to sense through his fingers heat. So God forbid ever he touched something hot, he would get burns because he couldn't tell it was hot. So thank God these flies are then reminding me that, oh my God, my skin is functional, that I can feel. I'm not paralyzed. I'm not like, oh, so, oh my Lord. Okay, we're way over, over. But on this note then, may sources of irritation and annoyance bring us back. May they be actually nudges, beautiful reminders to appreciation and gratitude for the exact thing because of the the means that we're picking up the irritation to remind us that, oh my God, I have the capacity to hear this or feel this. Thank you. And when things whisper to us, may we trust in our interconnectedness that someone is calling. So in the moment of an authentic whisper, to honor it and distinguish over time between whether it's an ego thing or just just connecting to the whisper honor and to see grief and sorrow through a lens of beauty and testimony to connection. Happy adventuring, precious heart, until we meet again.